Hi, this is Victor Krohn, and you're listening to Building Bridges podcast. Ja, ja, denk on. You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. I'm Jan. And I'm Dave. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. So it's a very unusual situation today. Um, we are releasing this episode earlier than our regular episodes, which is always on Friday. But at the moment, there's just so much happening in the Eurovision world. We just need to discuss it right now. Yeah, it was a very eventful weekend. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just address the elephant in the room. First of all, uh, Poland, <laughs> there's sort of a national outrage right now. Um, <laughs> yes. So for everyone who doesn't know what happened, Poland had its national selection on Sunday and it ended very, very unexpectedly. The massive fan favorite Jan did not win the selection, not our Jan, actually a different one. Obviously, because <laughs> if our Jan would compete there, he would probably be on his way packing for Liverpool. You would have easily won, yes. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Jan with Gladiator finished second after being put in fourth place with the juries. And instead, the jury's favorite, Blanca, won the ticket to Liverpool which, yeah, caused a lot of anger with Polish Eurovision fans. Like every year. Yes, but I think this yes. year, every country has it usually. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of rumors, a lot going on. I have a Eurovision fan who's uh, a Eurovision friend who's from Poland. He sent me so many links, like ever since Sunday. And like there's like breaking news every half hour, basically, about what happened. <laughs> And almost conspiracy. So I want to make clear, first of all, everything that we are going to talk about now is not 100% confirmed. Like, um, I will always tell when it's a fact or when it's just a rumor that is spread across the internet. But I think the most obvious issue is that Polish Eurovision fans feel betrayed because their public votes that they spent money on counted less than the jury votes. It's not an unusual way, like there's always a tiebreaker and it has to be either jury or televote. And some national finals actually use the jury vote. I don't think I would do that. I think I would let the public decide. Well, the simple fact is if you, if you are a broadcaster, you're spending all of this money to send an act to compete internationally. If it flops, and I mean, with 40 countries usually, a lot of them are going to flop. Yeah. wouldn't you want to not have responsibility if you if you could wash your hands of it and say you know what the people chose this we backed the people we sent who they chose mm -hmm. if it gets last place in the semi-final oh well wasn't the broadcaster try again next year that's a well, very good I point would say yeah. here differently maybe just from point of view like if i if i talk on behalf of our broadcaster we used to only use televote only once and we all know what happened slovenia 2010 but um, <laughs> the thing is uh, there should be always i would say a healthy balance between you know public vote and jury votes yeah. in case if you don't have i would say possibilities to do public vote there are some countries who can do that yeah, yeah. uh 
you try and see what's the best format and what how competent people are who are choosing the song you yeah. know so it's as friendly as possible to both listeners and to both potential international fans worldwide yeah i mean it's a very recurring theme in the eurasian fandom that like fans are angry at a national final outcome very often it's not even like people from the country but like also foreigners like just international eurovision fans and I do feel like it gets a lot more personal when it's like the fans from the country. We all remember Chanel last year, like who won with 4% televote. And it was a huge outrage in Spain. Like I think everyone in Spain heard of it and was angry at the first moment. Yeah, didn't she get death threats last year? Like, oh yeah, all crazy. kinds of that. Yeah, You, you know, th there's maybe, maybe an occasion right now to say a word or two about how toxic the Euro fandom can be sometimes. Mm. Let's say Chanel's case is very, 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 uh, I would say, concrete on this one. Like, I remember how much of a backslash she received after, you know, she won the whole thing. Like, Twitter was full of, you know, you know like... Uh, Spanish television should show the rankings and voting and stuff because they, they weren't satisfied. And I think that's also one of the reasons why artists don't want to compete in the Eurovision yeah. national selections, mainly because of that, because the power of social media is pretty much so strong that it can imply on their own lives. Yeah, it's and scary. And it's been scary amount of times when, when the performance of performers were threatened by that just because you know somebody wasn't really satisfied with the result but again yeah. that's another story and it was so hypocritical because you know they sent her death threats but then they realized that she was doing well with the odds and then suddenly they all supported and loved her yeah so yeah yeah Hypocrisy but yeah of eurovision um i do think that the chanel situation was sort of different because um like, the voting system was, of course, questionable, but it was the voting system that the broadcaster had decided. And under those voting rules, Chanel won fairly. And that was the end of it. People were just not happy with how the voting system worked. In wasn't, wasn't it pre-decided in Poland as well? I'm sure I read last week that it was going to be 50-50, and in case of a yes. tie the jury would choose yes and that is the fishy story about this there are so many different like fan medias when it comes to eurovision and i saw different sources everywhere saying it differently allegedly the rules of the national final were changed only three days ago or like three days prior to the final and then they suddenly decided that the juries had the power in case of a tie but I also read it somewhere like that already like a week or two weeks before the national final happened. Yeah, I didn't think that was a new rule. Yeah. That was how it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And going hand in hand with that scandal is that some of the jury members apparently really had close ties to Blanca. And like one in particular is uh, Augustin Egurola. I hope I said his name correctly, who is a Polish dancer. And he did Blanca's choreography. He choreographed her performance for the national final. And then he was part of the jury. And I have to say that is, of course, unfair. Like, of course, he's not an objective judge in that case. 
I think that whenever you have this, it depends on how big your sin is, but there's always, you know, this amount of people who can do the job of, you know, making a proper and objective vote over the song or performer or like the whole package, mm -hmm. etc. And I would say that, you know, in this kind of cases, there are so many national finals. They have their own rules when they specify that they shouldn't be, the, the, the juries, obviously, they shouldn't be connected to the artist anyhow. You yeah. know, nepotism isn't a new thing nowhere. It's, you know, it exists everywhere and you should yeah. really try to avoid it, especially when it comes to worldwide competitions as yeah. Eurovision Song Contest actually is. Yeah. Fans also claim that Edita Garniak was really close with Blanca. Apparently, she was seen like talking to her, like during the commercial breaks and everything. And there are even rumors that Edita put Jan last and like tried to prevent his victory. Again, that is nothing confirmed, but that is just the rumors that are spread right now. And Poland isn't San Marino. Like, it shouldn't be hard. I mean, there's what, almost 40 million Poles. Mm. The music industry is big enough that they should easily be able to find enough jurors that this shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, it should be a very easy check to see if anybody has anything to do with the national final, any of those artists, their labels, whatever, pick different people. So I think, I think I mean, I'm not saying the fans are wrong uh, to blame TVP yeah. for this because yeah. it, it is their decision in the end, but um, it's, it's, it's just so unfortunate. And TVP could, if they wanted to, stop this backlash by just releasing the detailed jury votes. Yeah. I don't think they ever will. Yeah. But that would be the simplest solution to this problem. Exactly. And shut everybody up. And that's really, really fishy because, like, during the live broadcast, the televoting scores were not announced. You know, they were going to announce the points from 1 to 12, as they did with the jury scores. Um, but then they suddenly just said, uh, Dominic is third. Uh, Jan is second, Blanca is first. And they were done with it. They didn't give any points during the show. With a nice break in the middle, too, because they, they disappeared. There were commercials and maybe a bit of news or something yeah, for yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, um, it was really weird. The scores were made public now, according to which Jan got 12 points from the televoting and Blanca 10 points. But there are also very high doubts about that being the correct score. Um... And again, the amount, the amount of votes have not been published yet. Uh, a group of Polish fan media have released a joint statement, actually, that they were going to take action and want to put pressure on TVP to release the full results, to release the exact amount that each contestant got. I would say that sometimes when there's probably, I mean, we, we can't accuse anyone over this uh, yeah. situation, but... Um, in case if you prefer some other artist and if you see the possibilities of them to win them over someone else, you should just go and choose someone internally because you can avoid that because you're not doing any favor nor to yourself nor to the artist, you know, and it's basically some average Eurovision fans will go over the artist mm. itself they won't go over television because sometimes yeah. it's still not clearly specified enough that Eurovision Song Contest is pretty much, you know, it's not country competition, it's broadcasters competitions. Yeah. You're, you're not representative of Poland, you're representative of TVP. And I think she's probably instead of focusing on how would she promote her song, 
around Europe and also prepare her stage performance. She is pretty much now, you know, going to the store and checking the newspapers because that's probably at the time the thing which is headlining mostly. Are we in the 20th century or where do you check the news on newspapers in the stores? <laughs> it still exists. But that's a very good point. I feel like uh, internally selected songs never really face much hate. Like, of course, there are people saying the song is trash and stuff like that. But like usually, like whenever there's a national final and the fanfare doesn't win, the artist that ends up winning faces backlash. Yeah, yeah. That was the case in 2017 in Slovenia. I remember back in the day, when um, Be Cool were supposed to, I mean, were supposed to win. They were, you know, clearly fan favorites to win the, the whole competition. And instead, Omar Naber won for a second time. Uh, he went to Ukraine as he did in 2005. And even though I wasn't, you know, a huge favorite of that song, a huge fan of that song, it was painful to see, you know, all the time, there was there were so many situations when he published that he was getting you know death threats mm. and stuff and he was even considering if if you know to dropping off the whole thing and that's not fair that's not the thing which you should be facing with while you're on this journey and blanca is facing the same thing right now because like yeah. i don't know if you check the social media comments like people are the nice people are telling her like to just withdraw and let Jan have it. And those are the nicest comments. Like everything else is pure hate. Um, there's a petition to get Jan to Eurovision, which was signed by 7,000 people in just a few hours. Uh, her national final performance has 2,000 likes and 23,000 dislikes. God. Again, I totally understand that Polish Eurovision fans feel betrayed. It must be like so frustrating because like their broadcaster decides everything. They vote and they still don't get a say. That must be a really frustrating feeling. And I think the criticism that TVP receives is fair and appropriate in like to a degree. But like the hate against Blanca, I don't get that. That's just unreasonable. Like she entered and like of course she wants to win if she enters the national final. So it's not her fault that the jury picked her. I assume she didn't make the rules at TVP. That would be a different story then, but like, yes. <laughs> I don't think she was in charge of that. And yeah, it's not fair to ask her to withdraw and even worse to send her like all that hate and death threats. Don't attack the puppet, but the puppet master. And the puppet master is TVP. Fair. Hmm. Oh, also, there's the complaint that Blanca's victory was already posted on TVP News, like an hour before the show even started. Oh, that's bullshit. People should shut up about that. It's so, like, we all, like, have worked with news sites before. Like, it's so common to prepare draft articles for every participant before a live show. If you're the broadcaster and you want to get the news out, you need to have, especially when you have a, a small show like this, I don't, I don't imagine... Uh, San Marino RTV had 22 articles ready on Saturday night in case any of them won. Yeah. But like with 10 acts, like how hard is it to make 10 articles, have them in draft form? And like you said, when whoever wins is evident, you just click publish and it's done and you control the narrative. Then you put the first uh, press release out and then everyone else can shut up. 
This is how you call, you know, being a professional while doing journalism. Like you have to be ready for all the scenarios. So that was at that time one of the scenarios for them. And I don't think that should be the case when people are blaming, oh, they knew, you know, at like 3 p.m. that, you know, she was about to win and something. <laughs> it's just like you have to get ready in heat of the moment when when the national finals are, are getting here, the fans and to all of them who would be interested in into who won the national selection, they would probably immediately go to the web page when, you know, they are sourcing yeah. the news. And... It's pretty much why the websites are doing it because they, they want to keep the fans updated. And that was probably published, you know, or drafted at that time before the, the show was about to start. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. And I think those weak arguments just show the frustration again that Polish fans feel. And again, I totally get it. I think um, TVP definitely needs to change. But just don't give all the hate to Blanca. It's not her fault. No, they're just pulling... They're, yeah, they're just trying to vent their frustrations in any little way they can. And they're so frustrated, they, I guess, see logic to to some of these arguments just to validate their feelings. And yeah. it's just... I, I guess we can see it better, maybe, because we're not in it. Like, I I actually... Am, I, I liked Solo. I'm, I, I didn't like Jan's song that much. Um, so, I mean, I'm not upset with the result, but, uh, I also think that the, this will fade. It has to, because if they keep this up, I mean, imagine being Blanca and you're going to go, I mean, Jan, you were saying like you, you, you represent a broadcaster. Yes. But at the end of the day, when those credits were all on stage during the stage ready, it's going to say Poland mm. yeah. and your name. Exactly. And she's going to have that on her back and she it's, it's not going to help her if she knows everybody back home hates her guts yeah it was similar not to that degree but also with uh malik harris last year because like everyone wanted electric cowboy to make it into the national selection in germany and like <laughs> um yeah but like everyone hated the artists like it's not their fault like the artists that made it into the national selection and you know you can't represent your country well if you know that your country doesn't stand behind you I think that's the worst feeling you can have a, as an artist while going there. Yeah. Because like, you know, you're surrounded by by the media nowadays by social media which is even more effective as we said it before and it's it's uh, definitely not a mm -hmm. thing that any of the artists should be looking forward to. Yeah. I think that's our conclusion about Poland for now. If there are any news we can gladly discuss those as well in future episodes. But of course, we had more drama. It wouldn't be Eurovision without drama. Well, in other Eurovision news this weekend, huge, huge, huge news from Malmö in Sweden. Um, of course, the final heat of Melfest took place, and we were almost through our 28th song. And of course, no, 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 it got interrupted. Somebody decided to run on stage of all the performances, they picked Lorraine's performance to interrupt with a banner, which nobody could read because, of course, Lorraine's performance was also the darkest of all the performances. So she just got interrupted halfway through. He got dragged off stage. She reset, went again, and, of course, absolutely dominated the vote, I'm sure, as she was first in the heat. Uh, what did you guys make of what happened? 
Yeah, I think like she handled it very professionally. Like the first time I saw it, I didn't even figure that she even saw what happened. And I mean, it's already <laughs> stupid to do something like that. But like, especially in the performance where the artist isn't even on stage, really. She was inside her own box thing, inside her own, you know, scene. There was so much fog around. Her little world. There was no way to see anything. Didn't she say in an interview after that she didn't even see the guy until they told her after? She thought it was a technical yeah, yeah, issue while exactly. they Yeah, I mean, so- somehow people were like waiting for it and planning for, for to doing it. So during Lorene's performance. Nonetheless, I think she did it great. And I'm, I'm super happy that the song is on, on Spotify right now. I can't really keep my, you know. She even said that she was like proud of her little activist. Or what did she say? Something like <laughs> proud that. Of her little <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean she's she's an activist herself, so maybe she saw it from you know through that eyes. Yeah, but, maybe you know, Lolo. Yeah, we might talk about this a little bit more when we get to our Melody Festival episode, which will totally get a special episode as well. But I think we all really, really love this, don't we? I downloaded 22 Eurovision National Final songs Saturday night, and I've only listened to one of them on repeat Hmm. constantly, and it's Tattoo. There's something about the song. I mean, the performance is something else. The performance is Lorraine's art, but, like, the song is just so catchy. The hook is a complete earworm. I, I can't stop listening to it. I'm even at work trying to type and do things and I just keep thinking, I just keep hearing the song in my head even when it's not on. Yeah, I feel like almost, you know, it's like sort of an addiction, this new song, like when you find a new drug, like I feel like, oh, I didn't listen to Tattoo in over an hour. I need to listen to it right now. I need to hear it again. And (laughs) I mean, I might get canceled for this, but for me personally, in my taste, Tattoo is a hundred times better than Euphoria. Euphoria was a nice pop song with a very good staging for me, but Tattoo, I could listen any time of my life. You know what's the thing? Like, especially, um, I wasn't really on board at the time when Euphoria was selected, nor was I a fan during the competition that much as mm-hmm. everyone else was. Um, and I can ang- I can agree with this um with you sebi because it's it's definitely a good song um we have to have that in our minds that between euphoria and tattoo there's what 11 years of a difference Mm. and you know how much music can change in 11 years so from that point of view you know also production wise i think euphoria was still a brilliant song you can still hear it on the radio stations around the europe including slovenia nowadays um, but I, I, there, there is something special in Tattoo, and I can see the reason why people are so on board. Because it doesn't mean that she, because she won the contest in the past, you know, that that guarantee her this huge amount of support. I think it's it's all well deserved. It's amazing, and like I think in our Melody Festival episode, we will discuss this very very detailed. Um, but of course, we had other stuff happen on Saturday evening, which lasted all the way into Sunday night. 
Una voce per San Marino happened. Um, certo, it happened. Oh, did it ever. <laughs> and the three of us actually watched the final together, but I joined you guys later because I was watching UMK first. And I didn't pay attention to any of the songs, so I really didn't care about the winner. But you guys were quite unhappy, right? I think both of us are somehow, you know, we should get the citizenship of San Marino immediately for our love to this little microstate. And, but yes, I mean, songs, they've... I, I don't even remember what it sounds like. <laughs> Now, part of that is Lorraine's fault. Yes. But I, I really, I cannot remember what the song sounds like. The... If you could call them bookies favorites, I guess, or like the the more popular entries, none of them made the, like the well, they didn't sing again, but they they did kind of give results away. Of twenty one songs, they listed the top ten, mm -hmm. and like you had Ronella in the bottom half of that, so she wasn't she didn't even place. Uh, Alfie from Australia, who was by far the best singer of the night, <laughs> didn't place in the top ten. Eiffel 65, super famous. Here's their comeback. Didn't place. So you had all these random acts, these these un, unknown acts, which, I mean, I guess that's what the show is meant to do. Mm -hmm. It's meant to draw people from around the world to to give them this opportunity. But um, I... I I mean, I was I was shocked at the results. I think that's the issue with Una Voce because, like, they let everyone from any country apply, but they clearly want an Italian or, like, actually someone from San Marino, but that's very unlikely to happen. That's impossible. But, yeah. like, <laughs> they want at least an Italian act to represent them. So I don't really see the point of that national final. They had two people apply this year from San Marino. Mm -hmm. um, they were pre-qualified to the final. They got to sing in the semifinal the night before, mm -hmm. even though they were pre-qualified, I guess just to have their chance to be seen before the final, like all the other mm -hmm. acts. And then one of the two didn't show up for the final because he had a sore throat. So we had one <sighs> local act in the final. Such a professional. <laughs> I mean, lineup. I get what yeah. they want to, you know, try to push on to native natives here. But again, um, I don't see this big issue with having a possibility to to apply from you know any country in the world that's totally fine that's the main issue when you have this such a strong contender as in my opinion Alfie definitely was with with the best stage performance with the best song that was the main issue that they probably just wanted to avoid again this you know international kind of artists trying to saying you know you cannot get anyone from San Marino or maybe from Italy you know as they had Exactly. And when they get big names like Florida, it doesn't work either. So, you yeah, know. Was, yeah, they sent him, they sent Serhat. They had a national final in Slovakia. Like how how ridiculous no, this is, is this? Really really ridiculous and 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 I just I just don't get it somehow. It's it's um I try to think and I try to think about it so many times and I just don't get it, you know? I I love mm -hmm. how Serhat is their best result and it it will probably remain <laughs> until at least 2024. Uh but you know, like why don't you just go for I mean you're a small country, do some good internal selection. Choose a good song, and that's it. Yeah. There's no yeah. 
I, I think they have to. This this gives me now. I wasn't watching Eurovision back then, but I I don't know why. But this gives me the the vibes of uh, Miodio when they debuted for San Marino in two thousand and eight, and how they were immediately last in the final because they were just so irrelevant. I I, I kind of get a feeling that that's where this is going to go. And Sebi, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're in the second semifinal. Yes, yes, they are. Which has sixteen acts, mm. so. I mean, slightly tougher than the other that only has 15. But still, uh, I, I don't see how this... Like, at best, they might get 15. Also, I think we should give a word or two about the whole show, which lasted, again, what, four and a half hours? Four and yes. a half hours, yeah. Which we got ourselves <laughs> prepared, because, like, I mean, the show is, you know, in the almost Italian area area so it's almost like italian television we know how this kind of things work in that way and and also um at some point i was so so confused several times during the show there was you know some beatles medley there was like you know different you know adrenaline arrangement with with a male choir I, it got me so confused, and I, I really thought of it with with several, I would say, touches to the show. They really wanted to get close with Una Voce per San Marino to Sanremo, you know, with with the length of the show. With, That's you know, with cute. So many... no, 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 no. I mean, in it had the feel to it. Yeah, yeah. in a feel of you know, lasting the show being longer as it should be. That it had to be. Mm. Yeah, and having Albano there. Yes as a juror and then drag him up on stage at the end when everybody just wants the results and to go to bed. And then he starts yes. singing. Oh. It was exhausting. Yeah. But they'll, they'll, this format is working. The, the format is working because it's not meant to get them a good Eurovision result. It's meant to increase tourism in San Marino in the dead of winter when they usually get none. And that is working, and their their profits and their tourism numbers are off the charts. And it's no secret that the Ministry of Tourism is the biggest sponsor of Una Voce per San Marino. So I would expect this show to continue for many, many I, years. I loved no how they have, had a green room in a shopping mall. Like, I, I don't think that ever yes. happened. <laughs> I think that there was national final in a shopping mall for Greece. Was, yeah, was, yeah, several yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> several times. But you know, green room in, in probably in the different. Um, I loved it. I loved it. It's it's so. Yeah, yeah. And the outlet mall is literally on the border with Italy. It's there specifically so Italians can come and shop cheaply, yeah. uh, as conveniently as possible. Like I'm pretty sure if you enter the wrong store, you cross the border. <laughs> That's, That's how close it is to the border. Yeah. yeah. Well, getting back to Eurovision now, on a more positive note, uh, unlike San Marino, Finland actually ended really well for them because they are now in the third place with the betting odds, slowly making their way up to second even. Um, Keria, obviously one with cha-cha-cha. Uh, Jan, obviously. you weren't here for our UMK song, so what do you think about the Finnish entry? You know, we were in Vienna for, for our Eurovision weekend. Um few weeks ago yeah and i think the first night i remember you being you know like when we went to that place 
um, I remember when Cha 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 came on on, yes. on the playlist, and everybody went crazy. And there was like several Eurovision classics already before that, and nobody was like, "Yeah, okay," you know. This had by far the strongest reaction out of and, all the Eurovision songs that were and played. And the crowd that went night. crazy. Yeah. That was a great test. And that was know? like what? There was like a few days after it was released. That was yeah. it was still really really recent. So that's impressive. And it was like really um, really great. And I'm and I'm super happy that. Um, that uh, Cha 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 won. Yeah, it's you know it's different. It, it it grabs your attention. It got you know everything you need when it comes to your song being yeah. memorable. And again, not even in 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 English. You know, it's like no, it's Finnish, and that's 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 the best charm. Such of Such a standard, such a standard. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's no question. There's a hundred percent finalist. There's no way around it. I even think this could be Finland's best result since Lordi. I think he can go yeah. higher than Blind Channel, who finished sixth two years ago. And honestly, I could see, I have this, you know, vision. I can see Lorraine and Kaeria battling it out for the victory at the end of the final in Liverpool. You know, no, Nordic power has fully returned. And that's is. amazing. And we were just talking this before we started to to um, recording this episode that probably next year Eurovision is going back to Scandinavia. And I wouldn't mind Finland winning it because, like, you know, why, you know? Well, Eurovision. to the Nordics, not yes. Scandinavia. Yeah. No, Nordics, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Scandinavistics. <laughs> uh, the thing is that, you know, if, if, if uh, Finland win the whole thing, we can just, you know, you can hop on the on the you know the, the 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 boat yeah the boat and you can just go and have an apartment in Estonia which is just like two hours away <laughs> <laughs> on the ferry yeah <laughs> yeah no but it, it yeah it'll be fun at two in the morning when the show is over to get a boat back to your your hotel <laughs> yeah well Dave Carrier wasn't your favorite out of UMK uh, did you change your mind or did anything change for you after the live performance I was upset. Um, Benjamin didn't sound that great live. Mm. The studio version is great. And uh, you sent me a picture of him all alone at the press conference after. Nobody yeah. wanted to talk to him. And that broke my heart. I felt so bad for him. Um, but the results were otherwise as I expected. I mean, I, I, I'm not an idiot. I, I knew Cha 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 was going to win. I, I can't believe he won by about 400 points, though. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a bit unexpected. It was a complete landslide. But uh, we'll see. I just I, I just find the song very aggressive, and for that reason, I don't enjoy it. Other the last half of the song is better yeah, than yeah. the first half for me because the song does change, so I can get into it in the second half. It's just the putting up the first minute, minute and a half of the screaming and the demonic sounds that uh, I don't like. <laughs> a little bit upset that they showed like the first part, the aggressive part during the recap of UMK. They have to show the second part for you uh, for Eurovision. Or like the part where it builds from the first to the second part, maybe. Because I yeah, think that's the whole magic about it. This kind of recaps, they're really trying always to get the best of the song or of the performance, yeah. you know. And But I think I love this weirdness about it. I love this demonic, as Davide just said, you know, seconds ago. Mm. And and I, I love it. It just like, you know, it hits yeah. you directly in your face. Like, you know, like yeah. so many things. Which can yeah. bump it to your face, so I, I think it's 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 great. So, <laughs> yeah, 
I'm I'm surprised a little bit that uh, that uh, Robin Pakalin didn't do a bit better. Um, oh, he did place. very well with the he, televote as well, but he just was shared last uh, with the juries. I yeah, I, which I which I don't get. Like he was a good opener. He was very professional. But the song was boring. No nerves. Yeah, but the staging was at least interesting, and he yeah. But who he, cares he about the staging? His staging. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, the, it's part of the whole package. Is what you're voting yeah, for. Yeah, but the song is also a big part of the package. This was overall a pretty serious episode. Um, got a little bit more fun, but I think um, <laughs> maybe it's time to play a game. And whose fault is that? <laughs> yes, the game I had ready last week, but you uh, both were not here. Not naming any names. And uh, <laughs> I, I can see you. you. There's a video camera. Um, Sebi, what are the current scores? Uh, I think you're in the lead with three points, and then Jan and I have two points each. That's right. God bless Switzerland. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So this is the game where we read three clues. If one of the contestants, i.e. Sebi or Jan, can guess the song that I'm referencing in the first clue... He will get three points. If uh, we have to do a second clue, he will get two points. And if it takes the third clue, one measly little point. So clue number one. Actually, I want to split my screen so that I can see your faces and your reactions in case you both blurt it out at the same time. I need to be an impartial judge. As in Poland. Judge than we have in Poland, <laughs> yeah. DVP learn a lesson or two. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So the first clue, again, this, this has something to do with what we talked about last week. Um, so this artist was born July 13th, 1975 mm -hmm. in Montreal, Quebec, and is an actor and singer. Actor and singer. So I guess it's a male, if you didn't say actress. Um well, actor can be used for both in English. Could be could be an actress, could be an actor. Nineteen seventy five in Montreal. Yep. This artist was born in nineteen seventy five in Montreal. And is a singer and an actor. Mm -hmm. I think there's no idea for me, surprisingly. Um. Okay. Clue two. This artist achieved the second highest result of any Canadian who has participated in Eurovision and finished in third place. It can't be Cherise, Cherise Laurence. She can't be born in 75, but she was also in third place. That's why I gave you the, uh, the year of birth to try and narrow it down a bit. Jan has the look on his face like, what is Canada? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't think it's... it's um... I'm glad no one has said the C word. No, because I know that... Uh, I would know that... That would be yeah, too easy. Would be a little bit too easy, yeah. Um, who yeah. else was for Canada? It can't be Susie either. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it was. She's from Vancouver, no. right? So um, there's no Celine Dion yeah. for sure, right? Also, I think Rika wasn't born at that time yet. We and said... she also did very poorly. She wasn't the second best result. <laughs> she, she, didn't, she yeah. didn't come in third place. No, also, 
I say any cotton. Yeah, I think. We know. What was that? Any cotton. Mathieu Simplement. Wow. Ooh. We have ah, a winner. Yes. <laughs> so, it's, it, Jan just got oh two points. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Because like, you know, there was somehow, no, it wasn't easy, but like I had to think about that there, there was no more than like, what, five so far Canadian contributions yeah, to Eurovision yeah. Song Contest. And I would say, you know, just, oh my God. So yeah, Annie Cotton, moi tout simplement. Yeah, very good. So that was it for our kind of scandalous episode. Uh, but don't worry, there will also be a regularly scheduled episode uh, where we will say guten tag to the nine acts of Unser Lied für Liverpool. Yeah, that's And really. discuss who should get the German ticket to Liverpool. So you surely don't want to miss that. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Feel free to leave a review. That always really helps us. I love our publicita so much. Thank you all. And just, uh, I would put one last thing to end our episode. Share the love and leave the hate alone.